0: Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday, September 13th. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Moshe Wanunu.
1: And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts.
0: And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, it was great seeing you just before this podcast (laughs) as we took a virtual cooking class together.
1: We did. It clocked in at two hours and I think 20 minutes or so. You did all three dishes. I only did the homemade mac and cheese, which was absolutely delicious.
0: Yeah, it's this virtual cooking class. They've reached out to us. Uh, you'll be hearing more about them. They'll be a sponsor of ours a little bit later this year. They're called Feast, and they have a chef that takes you through various dishes. We had steak au pavre, We had mac and cheese. We did a salad. And the chef was amazing. He was dealing with the fact that we all had different ingredients as replacements <laughs> and doing like measurements as he went. So uh was a lot of fun. And as Alex is about to deliver soon, it'll be going through postpartum. I'm trying to up my skills in the kitchen.
1: And a big thank you to Chef Garrison, who was awesome. And he even somehow managed to deal with me who did not go out and get the ingredients on the <laughs> ingredient
0: list. <laughs> Jill Jill, literally like walking away from the Zoom, coming back, being like, I got this, I got this. Can we work with it? He's like, absolutely. This is what you got to do. You can learn more about Feast at FeastCooking, F-E-S-T, cooking.com.
1: Let's get to some news here. Turns out some of those over-the-counter cold medications that we've been using for years well, the FDA says they don't work onto politics. Another president, another impeachment, at least an impeachment inquiry. Speaker McCarthy taking aim at President Biden overseas. Flooding in Libya wipes out a quarter of a city as the death toll passes 2000. Everything you need to know about the big Apple event on Tuesday. TikTok getting into shopping. In a surprising turn of events, workers who get promotions more likely to quit their jobs. We'll explain. And in the sports world, Aaron Rodgers out for the rest of the season. Plus, Moshe's on the day in history.
0: Jill, believe it or not, two iconic moments a couple years apart. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. And I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce should have won this award. Both on the day in history.
1: All right, some major news in the health world. We've all basically been taking placebos for our colds. An FDA panel says a common over-the-counter decongestant simply does not work. The ingredient is called phenylephrine. It's found in a bunch of over-the-counter cold and allergy medicines, things like Sudafed PE, Vicks, Sinex, and Benadryl Allergy Plus Congestion. In a unanimous vote, the FDA declared oral formulations of phenylephrine ineffective. It's a decision that's expected to disrupt the market for over-the-counter cold and allergy medications. Phenylephrine is the most popular oral decongestant in the United States. It generates about $1.8 billion in sales per year. The drug thought to relieve congestion by reducing the swelling of blood vessels in the nasal passages. According to a report from NBC News, the panel's vote reflects damning evidence provided by the FDA that found when phenylephrine is taken orally, a very small amount of the drug actually reaches the nose to relieve congestion.
0: So we should note here that this impacts things like Sudafed PE, VicSynex, oral pills with phenylephrine, regular Sudafed, and others behind the counter, the ones that you have to ask the pharmacist for, contain something called pseudoephedrine. They are still effective. You can get them without a prescription, but you do have to ask a pharmacist for them. So just a review here. Phenylephrine, not good. Pseudoephedrine, good. All the sprays, good. Oral pills is where you have to look. You want the pseudoephedrine, not the phenylephrine, it appears. The FDA will now have to decide whether to revoke the drugs over-the-counter designation as, quote, generally recognized as safe and effective. Without that designation, products containing phenylephrine may need to be removed from store shelves and manufacturers will have to develop new formulations. Just a little background here. Phenylephrine gained popularity in the early 2000s as a replacement for pseudoephedrine. That's, again, the decongestant used in Sudafed. That was moved behind the counter back in 2006 as an attempt to curb its misuse as an ingredient in meth. It was being used to make meth, So uh, Sudafed and anything, the good stuff, as some people wrote to me, or the effective stuff, you got to ask the pharmacist for. The concern goes beyond ineffectiveness, though, when it comes to phenylephrine. It can come with side effects such as headaches, insomnia, nervousness. At higher doses, it can also increase blood pressure. Again, the panel here, not questioning the effectiveness of the nasal spray phenylephrine. The nasal spray, it works. It's when phenylephrine is in an oral pill that apparently it's not effective. A bunch of uh, pharmacists were messaging us on Instagram, Jill, saying, we've known this all along. I can't believe it took the FDA this long to announce it.
1: That is quite troubling. What else are we taking that doesn't work? (laughs)
0: Jill, I think I'm like so many people where like you get a cold, you know, it's not clearing. You go to CVS or Walgreens or whatever your local pharmacy. And, you know, you don't want to have to stand in line for the pharmacist. You go through that aisle and there's a million options. You know, this for sinus, this for this, whatever. And you just take for granted that whatever it describes, whatever ailments it's going to help you with, that it'll be effective for those. And look here. FDA says, actually, not so much though it does come in recent years, as we've learned a lot about the FDA and CDC, how long it takes them to deal with some things. uh, And this just seems to be the latest.
1: Okay, now on to politics. And remarkably, what's becoming somewhat routine these days, an impeachment investigation on Capitol Hill. On Tuesday, Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced that he is directing the U.S. House to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden over his family's business dealings. The timing here, noteworthy, given that the presidential election about to heat up. Let's take a listen to part of McCarthy's statement.
0: These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction
1: and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. So what does this all mean? An inquiry is a step toward impeachment. It will be led by Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer in coordination with the Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith.
0: So you got James, Jim, and Jason on top of this.
1: (laughs) Triple J. Yes, and get ready to hear more from... All those J's coming up. It is notable that McCarthy launching that inquiry without a House vote, it's something that he had vowed not to do. And back in 2019, he was really critical of then Speaker Nancy Pelosi for declaring the start of an impeachment inquiry into President Trump without a formal House vote as well. But Moshe, can you just walk us through what these allegations are against Biden?
0: Yeah, let's take people through the process here. So the inquiry has opened without a vote. Significant, you mentioned, because McCarthy said he was going to have a vote. Well, you know what it means? He doesn't have the votes right now. He has a five-seat majority, and that means he doesn't have enough Republicans on board with even opening up an impeachment inquiry, which is why he it straight. To committee. So he's doing just what Pelosi did, you know, surprise, surprise, sending it straight to committee. Now, what the committees will do, Triple J, they're going to take months here, maybe a year to investigate and then decide are there what they call in the Constitution high crimes and misdemeanors? Now, that is a very vague phrase the founders put in there that hasn't been updated. It actually comes from England like 700 years ago high crimes and misdemeanors. And so we're still following that. So will they determine there were high crimes and misdemeanors? If they do, then they write up articles of impeachment, effectively the crimes they believe the president committed. You then vote on those articles. Just to recap here, Trump's first impeachment on Ukraine had two articles of impeachment. He was impeached on two articles. Uh, his second one on January 6th, he was impeached on one article. If you go back to Clinton in 98, they actually came out with four articles of impeachment the Republicans did. They actually only passed two of them in the House in all three cases Clinton and both Trump's. They were impeached by the House, not convicted in the Senate. In fact, In the entire history, American history, we've never convicted a president and kicked them out of office. We've just impeached them in the House. And so effectively, that'll happen again here because Democrats run the U.S. Senate. So they're definitely not convicting Joe Biden of impeachment. And so effectively, what we have here through this whole process, just know the way it ends here, everybody, is potentially with a condemnation and impeachment by the House and then no conviction. Now, as far as what they're looking into here, McCarthy says that multiple House investigations so far paint what he sees as a, quote, culture of corruption around the Biden family as Republicans probe the business dealings of the president's son, Hunter Biden, from when Biden was vice president. They believe that Biden as vice president may have benefited financially from his son's work, helped to enrich his son. They have not been able to prove yet, despite years of investigations, that Biden did anything policy-wise to help his son, nor make any money while he was VP. But McCarthy says, you know, we need to look further into this. This is why we're doing the inquiry. Separately, they're also looking further into whistleblowers. These are people at the IRS, DOJ, who allege that the Biden White House got involved, gave special treatment to Hunter while they were investigating him. Though keep in mind, Hunter is about to be indicted after that plea deal fell through. So we'll see what happens there and what comes of those allegations. Now, again, it's up to the Republicans here in the House to determine, again, whether they see high crimes and misdemeanors. Timing is interesting, as you mentioned, around the election. Many House Republicans have already endorsed Trump. Trump is looking for revenge here. He's been impeached twice. They also want to bring Biden into the dirt, make voters feel like, well, you know, Trump's got his four indictments. Biden's being impeached. It's all dirty. That's one of the goals here. McCarthy also is facing pressure from his right flank, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, others who actually have said they're not going to even fund the government, keep the government open at the end of the month. That's when it's up again, unless they see some real traction on impeachment. McCarthy also has the moderates, the swing staters. You know, keep in mind, he has the majority because a bunch of Republicans won in New York in the midterms. Well, many of them are from swing districts that could go Democrat again. And they're saying that our voters, independents, moderates don't want to see this. So he's trying to juggle here, but he has enough pressure from the right that he's decided to do this right now. The White House calling this what they say is politics at its worst. Quote, House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months They've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. Meanwhile, over on the other side of Capitol Hill, the Senate, they're rolling their eyes, and that includes some Senate Republicans.
1: Yeah, one of those Republicans is Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, who has warned House Republicans not to really go down this road. He did say on Tuesday, though, I don't think Speaker McCarthy needs advice from the Senate.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of Senate Republicans that are like, well, you know, Democrats run the Senate chamber anyway, and most of them are not on board with this. Uh, Lindsey Graham has said, you know, I look forward to them looking into it. Remember Lindsey Graham, by the way, was one of the impeachment managers when he was a congressman in the late 90s uh, dealing with the Clinton case. Jill, as we talked about Triple J, I just realized that Mitch McConnell has his own version of Triple J. He's got three deputies, three Sanders, John Thune, John Cornyn, and John Barrasso. So you have three J's deputized by Mitch McConnell, and you have the three J's over in the House. And that's now going to stick with me in a theme on this podcast
1: three johns that is
0: that's three johns yeah <laughs> it's mitch and the three johns over on the senate side and then you have james jim and jason over on the house side Jeez, mosh Oh, uh, jeez.
1: <laughs> all right we have plenty more news coming up but first a word from one of our sponsors mosh we have talked about how we only want to endorse things on this podcast that we really love and bowl and branch bedding and sheets is one of those things We've had them for a few months now and absolutely have been loving them. Bowl & Branch has made the summer of record heat a bit easier. They're really soft and breathable. We first got them in our house about six or seven months ago, and they absolutely get softer with every wash. Bowl & Branch, that is B-O-L-L and branch sheets. They are made with organic cotton And they don't have the harsh chemicals that are used by other brands. Right now, they're offering a very special deal to the MoNews community. You can get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code MoNews at checkout at BollandBranch.com. Again, that is BolandBranch B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is MoNews. There are some exclusions, so make sure you see the site for details.
0: All right, another one of our new sponsors here. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I am really pumped to have them on board, given how much we talk about the importance of mental health on this podcast. Getting over that threshold to talk to a therapist can be tough for some. I know it was for me. And depending on how you grew up and your view of therapy, it can be a challenge. But talking to a mental health professional uh, certainly helped me. It helped me get through some major blocks get clarity on things in my life and how to process them, move forward. And I know that it's been hugely helpful to a number of people that I know. So we're very glad to have BetterHelp as a sponsor here at Mo News. And they have a deal right now for the Mo News community. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. You can visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mosh, M-O-S-H.
1: All right, time now for the speed read. Let's start overseas. From Reuters, more than 2,000 people were killed and at least... 10,000 are missing in Libya in flooding caused by a huge Mediterranean storm that burst dams, swept away buildings, and wiped out as much as a quarter of the eastern coastal city of Derna. Officials expected the death toll to rise even further after Storm Daniel barreled across the Mediterranean. The country, already divided and crumbling after more than a decade of conflict. In Derna, a city of about 125,000 people, Reuters journalists say that they saw wrecked neighborhoods, buildings washed out and cars flipped on their roofs and streets that were just covered in mud and rubble left after dams burst.
0: Yeah, it's just the latest natural disaster in North Africa this week. Morocco, uh, nearly 3,000 dead there from the earthquake. Over in Libya, they had what they call a medicaine. It's basically a hurricane that happens in the Mediterranean, or a tropical storm that happens in the Mediterranean. Pretty rare. Uh, this one hit Libya, and the challenges there, the pictures there, just heartbreaking. As more bodies were brought to the hospital, people looked at them trying to identify missing family members government officials there talking to journalists saying that bodies are everywhere. One quote is saying, I'm not exaggerating when I say 25% of the city has disappeared. A number of buildings collapsed. Remember, this is the desert. And so it's not able to take on water moisture very quickly. So when the storm hit, it was just disaster. And unfortunately, government officials there do see the death toll rising uh, in the coming days.
1: Now to a historic antitrust case from the Associated Press. The Justice Department says Google has exploited its dominance of the internet search market to lock out competitors and smother innovation. This is the allegation as the biggest U.S. antitrust trial in a quarter century gets underway. The Justice Department's lead litigator saying, quote, this case is about the future of the internet and whether Google's search engine will ever face meaningful competition. The Justice Department filed that antitrust lawsuit against Google nearly three years ago during the Trump administration. Alleging that the company has used its internet search dominance to gain an unfair advantage against competitors, government lawyers saying Google protects its franchise by shelling out billions of dollars every year to be the default search engine on the iPhone and on web browsers like Apple's Safari and Mozilla's Firefox. Over the next 10 weeks, federal lawyers and state attorneys general will try to prove that Google rigged the market in its favor by locking in its search engine as the default choice in a number of places and devices.
0: So this is the biggest case in 25 years uh, regarding tech. That's when, in the late 90s, the government took on Microsoft for antitrust, for the feeling that they were a monopoly. The district judge in this case, Amit Mehta, likely won't issue a ruling until early next year. If he decides that Google broke the law, another trial will then decide which steps should be taken to rein in the company. So it's a multi-step process here. Top executives at Google, its corporate parent, Alphabet, as well as those from a number of other tech companies, are expected to testify. So you'll have the Alphabet CEO, Sundar Pichai. You'll probably have Apple executives there as well. The Justice Department says that Google's contracts ensure that rivals cannot match search quality ad monetization, basically making money off search, especially on phones, Google counters, that one of the reasons they have 90% market dominance here in the US and abroad is because their product's good and uh, they don't believe they did anything wrong. Its rivals, Google says, range from search engines like Microsoft's Bing to websites like Amazon and Yelp where consumers can post questions about what to buy, where to go. And they're unaffected. Basically, they're arguing there's a couple other trillion dollar tech companies. Like, what's the big deal here? Like, everything is cool. Google's lawyers say that there's lots of ways that users can access the web other than default search engines. And people use them all the time. From Google's perspective, perpetual improvements to its search engine explain, again, why people keep coming back because they just they love the Google, Jill. It wasn't any sort of business practices by them.
1: From CNBC, Apple held its annual iPhone launch event Tuesday at Apple Park, the company's headquarters in Cupertino, California. The company announcing the iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus, complete with USB-C charging. It starts at $799. It also unveiled the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max, starting at 999 dollars I'm gonna go ahead and just call it a thousand dollars moche because really that's what it is. It's a dollar. It's like off.
0: gas pricing, Jill, nine nine dot nine nine, and it just it makes it feel cheaper.
1: All right, so what are you getting for $1,000? Apple says photos and videos look lifelike when taken on an iPhone 15 Pro and viewed on the Vision Pro. Users can now capture spatial videos, which use both the ultra wide and regular cameras, to create 3D videos that can be enjoyed in the Vision Pro. Those videos could be shared with anyone who has an Apple Vision Pro and will roll out later this year.
0: One of the other key announcements was the brand new Apple Watch made with 95% titanium and 72 hours of battery life, as well as AirPods with USB-C. As we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, you can thank the Europeans for that. They're like, all these companies coming out with too many cables is creating too much waste. Everyone needs to go to USB-C. So now the cords that you might already use for your laptop, you might already use for your iPad. You'll also use For your phone. So it does mean getting rid of all those lightning cables that have been ever present for the past few years. The question right now, will Apple include the new cable in the iPhone box or be like recent iPhones where you had to buy the power cable separately? Jill, they'll also be rolling out in the coming weeks a brand new operating system with a whole bunch of features. Uh, the home screen will be different. We were watching their presentation at Edmo News Headquarters on Tuesday, looking for surprises. But uh, what we discovered, basically every major development looks like it leaked out days or weeks in advance. So nothing shocking yesterday at the Apple announcement.
1: And in fact, we were expecting some big claims about battery life as we were talking about on yesterday's podcast. And it feels like they just sort of said, improved battery life
0: yeah even more hours not (laughs)
1: impressed apple
0: (laughs) jill they're gonna take you to the lab in cupertino and show you how hard it is to fit all the things they do into that phone
1: listen improvement on my iphone 10 is not that hard
0: (laughs) that's the big question frankly coming out of today is is it time for you to jump from 10 to 15 that's like five developments later jill i feel like it's time Every five versions of iPhone, it's time for you to jump.
1: (laughs) We'll see. All right, an unexpected story in the world of business from Axios. Apparently, workers who get promoted are more likely to quit their jobs. This is according to an analysis from ADP. The conventional wisdom is that promotions are a classic retention tool that help keep top performers from jumping ship, particularly important in today's still tight job market. Researchers looked at data from 1.2 million workers at companies with a minimum of 1,000 employees from 2019 to 2022 and built a model to predict someone's risk of leaving after their first promotion, and they found that 29% of workers leave within the first month of a promotion if those workers had not been promoted only 18% would have left. Interesting. Six months after, the, <laughs> it is, right? Six months after the promotion, <laughs> the risk divide narrows. And after that, the unpromoted are slightly more likely to quit.
0: Jill, as someone who ran teams of a couple hundred people at CBS, I find this fascinating thinking about these various scenarios and whether thinking back how this could come to pass. But one of the things you know as an employee is sometimes you're asking for a promotion for a very long time. So one of the theories of the case here is that top performers on the cusp of advancement are probably already at a heightened flight risk. They're putting out feelers in other places because they feel like they're not being appreciated, but then they're able to time it out, right? In some cases, you might be threatening to leave uh, as leverage to get that promotion and then realize like, actually, I didn't want to stay here anyway. Of course, you know, it goes without saying here that a promotion, a new job does make workers more desirable to other employers. They see you moving up. They see you with a bigger title. They see that, you know, a company respects you and gives you promotion. So then you become more attractive. It sort of puts employers here in a no-win situation because you're like, well, if people are more of a flight risk, if I if, if I promote them, then should I give them a promotion? Well, yes, you should because they deserve that promotion. And so I'd love to talk to some HR professionals, recruiter professionals here about what they think about this scenario. I always knew when I went from employee to manager, one of the things that I did, Jill, was keep a list of like my most valuable employees and just ensure that I kept them as happy as possible. You know, sort of like if we had to build Noah's Ark, like who are the five people that you build the Ark with? And so, you know, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as a manager.
1: Am I on the list of MVEs at Mo News?
0: (laughs) Jill, you're number one. Are you happy right now? Should we give you? (laughs) Hold on. Should I give you a promotion or does that make you a flight risk?
1: Some sports news from ESPN and MRI confirming New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers tore his left Achilles tendon in Monday night's win over the Buffalo Bills. Ending his season only four plays after it began. 39-year-old Rodgers, a four-time MVP, went down on the Jets' fourth snap of the game when he tried to spin out of a sack by defensive end Leonard Floyd. His left foot appeared to get caught in the turf, and his body twisted. A slow-motion replay showed his left calf, the same one that he recently strained, reverberating as he went down. Ouch.
0: Jill, it remains to be seen uh, what this means for Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. He's 39 years old. Remember, he was with the Packers for years. Was recently traded to the Jets, and so will he be able to come back next year, or is this it? Depending on his recovery, uh, Jill. One amusing note here: uh, it got a lot of reaction the injury last night as a lot of athletes, commentators were watching. Among them, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes tweeted, or X, I guess we're calling it X now. He wrote, hate that man, praying for the best. So many people were saying, why would you say that about Aaron Rodgers, hate that man, praying for the best? Well, Mahomes failed to put a key piece of punctuation there, a comma. He then corrected the tweet to say, hate that man, praying for the best. (laughs) It goes to show you, Joe, punctuation matters.
1: From the AP, after months of testing, TikTok is fully launching its e-commerce product in the United States as it tries to translate the app's cultural relevance among young consumers into sales. The company saying Tuesday its shopping wing called TikTok Shop will include several features like a shop tab, a marketplace that it's been testing on the app since August. Also look for affiliate videos and users' feeds that allows creators to earn commissions from products as well as a logistics arm called Fulfilled by TikTok that stores and ships products for merchants. TikTok says it already has more than 200,000 sellers that have registered for a TikTok shop. Meanwhile, over 100,000 content creators are participating in the affiliate program, which lets users who have 5,000 followers create videos that go directly to TikTok's algorithmically engineered For You feed. The Shop tab is now available for about 40% of users on the app's home screen. The feature will be rolled out gradually until it is available for the app's 150 million users by early October.
0: Jill, we have more than 5,000 followers on TikTok. Should we be selling something? You got anything to sell on our TikTok shop?
1: I think this is where we do the Mo News mug, the Mo News t-shirts eventually. (laughs) Merch. Merch, Maybe merch. coming to TikTok
0: shop, everybody. So look out Amazon. TikTok is now trying to take... Amazon on. Of course, their main competitor has been the social sites owned by Meta, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat as well. Shopping on social sites is estimated to be about a $70 billion market in the US. That's led by Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. ByteDance, the Chinese company that owns TikTok, already runs a thriving social media marketplace on Doyin. That's the video app over in the Chinese market. This year, the projection right now is 33 million US consumers will make a purchase on TikTok. It is big on product discovery if you use the platform, popular hashtags like hashtag TikTok made me buy it. Now TikTok says it'll also offer live shopping, which is a huge moneymaker in Asia, but it hasn't really picked up steam here in the US. Meta had a live shopping feature on Instagram and removed recently. So Instagram hasn't totally figured out shopping. TikTok thinks with its algorithm though, It'll figure this out. I imagine we'll be hearing more from this, especially given how politically divisive TikTok continues to be as well as a product of a Chinese-owned company. All right, before we get to On This Day in History, one more sponsor we want to thank this week for supporting us at the Mo News Podcast, Athletic Greens. One way to ensure you get all your important ingredients is by using Athletic Green's AG1 powder. I first tried it last year when I was having trouble getting all the nutrients that I need to get. It's just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. AG1 is easy. It's quick. It lets you get on with your day knowing that you've gotten 75 important ingredients, tons of vitamins and minerals. Free probiotics to support your digestion and gut health. And right now they have a special deal for the Mo News community with your first purchase of AG1. Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. You can visit right now drinkag1.com mo news. That is drinkag1.com mo news to take advantage of this offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription or try it just one time for one month. Again, drinkag1.com slash monews to start to take ownership of your health. All right, now time for On This Day on the September 13th. We're going to begin in 1948. Margaret Chase Smith was elected to the U.S. Senate. She became the first woman to serve in both houses of Congress, in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. Now to 1990. The hit drama series Law & Order premiered on NBC It went on to become one of the longest running primetime dramas in TV history, has spawned a number of spinoffs. Jill, it's still on the air 33 years later.
1: And I have never seen an episode. That's that's (laughs) a shocker. It's it's like a mic drop moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jill, but the show started in the 90s. I feel like that's something that would have...
1: Yeah, it, that was I, my moment. I just never, I just never watched it.
0: <laughs> it just continued. It's sort of like uh, Grey's Anatomy is one of those shows that just, you know, kept going and going and *Law and Order is another one of those shows. All right, to 1993 now, a famous ceremony on the White House lawn. The Israel-Palestine Peace Accord was signed. The Accord came after years of negotiations uh, in Oslo, Norway. The Accord called for the withdrawal of Israeli troops from the Gaza Strip and the West Bank town of Jericho, the establishment of a Palestinian government. Those actions would happen, but they were eventually supposed to lead to a permanent arrangement that would lead to a Palestine alongside Israel. Various deals were thrown out throughout the 2000s. Uh, nothing the two sides could agree to. A couple of deals the Israelis put forth, the Americans put forth, but the Palestinians said, no deal Uh, And here we are 30 years later after that peace agreement, still with no permanent deal. All right, a bit of pop culture news here. On this day in the year 2000, Almost Famous is released in theaters across the U.S. The film was actually a semi-autobiographical account of writer-director Cameron Crowe during his time in the 70s when he was a teenager covering bands. Jill, I assume you've seen Almost Famous.
1: Hold me closer, tiny dancer. Oh god, I'm such a bad singer. I'm sorry to I'm <laughs> sorry to subject everyone to that, but it was my way of saying, yes, I have seen almost famous.
0: <laughs> Translation. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now time for the iconic moments we mentioned at the top of the podcast, nineteen years ago today. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Oprah gave her entire studio audience brand new Pontiac G6 sedans worth $28,000 a pop. Uh, that was 276 people in the audience. Oprah had, previous to the show, told her producers to fill the crowd with people who desperately needed cars. So when she announces the prize, she's jumping up and down. They're jumping up and down. Mayhem, crying, screaming, fainting. It's an amazing scene. And if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, I definitely think you should watch it on YouTube right now.
1: Even I've seen it, Moshe.
0: Yes, (laughs) Jill, (laughs) it's a pop cultural moment that Jill has seen. Uh, One thing that people like to bring up though, Jill, these people didn't necessarily get a free car because no one Pontiac nor the producers accounted for the federal and state taxes on the car. It actually cost each of those people between six and $7,000. Now, still a pretty good deal for a $28,000 car, but still those people going home with keys to a car uh, ended up realizing they still had to pay six grand for one of those. And one more TV moment for you, 14 years ago, another day, another moment that'll live in infamy.
1: Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time.
0: Kanye West on stage at the MTV Video Music Awards in 2009, taking the mic away from Taylor Swift, saying that they made a bad move. Uh, He says his piece saying they should have given the award to Beyonce and then gives the mic back to Taylor. She had just won best female video at the VMAs. He believed that single ladies by Beyonce should have won. Notably later in the broadcast when Beyonce won video of the year that night, she then brought Taylor on stage to finish her speech.
1: A couple things here. When people show you who they are, believe them. At this point, I feel like we should have all realized that Kanye West was a total, you know what?
0: Actually, Jill, one person who filled in the blanks there, Barack Obama was actually asked about that moment in an interview. He was president at the time, and he said, he's a jackass.
1: And he was right. And it's one of those moments that it just keeps aging worse and worse. Would he have ever done that if Taylor Swift wasn't a teenage girl? Would he have done that to a man? Definitely not.
0: I think it's very clear at this point who Kanye West is, Jill. But still remarkable on this day, September 13th, you have the Oprah giving away a car moment and the Taylor Swift Kanye West moment, two of those rare TV moments that you're still talking about decades later.
1: Well, the Kanye one is clearly getting <laughs> me fired up <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's time to end the podcast here, yes, I'm um, going to let you finish, but let's end the podcast.
1: <laughs> Nicely done. All right. We want to thank you for listening to the Mo News podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And review us in the App Store.
0: We got a lot of nice compliments recently over on uh, Instagram. From podcast listeners, Jill, we got a note yesterday from somebody who said they had no idea the monkeys were a fake band created for TV. They learned that on this day yesterday. Also heard from somebody who listens to this podcast with their nine-year-old on the way to school every day. uh, And it provokes really compelling, important conversations. So whether you grew up with the monkeys or you're nine years old, we try to be a podcast for everybody here.
1: All right, bye everybody. Later. Thanks for
0: listening to the Mo News Podcast.